Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming up later, Frank, Frank Skinner, Skinner will be talking, talking tortoises. tortoises. That's, That's coming up 30. at, at first. Park date. But first, park date. Hello and welcome to Park Date. Coming to you from the top of Arthur's Seat, Holyrood Park, Edinburgh. I just climbed up here and it is a beautiful sight Edinburgh spread out in front of me and uh, the rocky mountaintop of Arthur's Seat and some clouds moving across the sky it really is beautiful I love doing this walk it has a special meaning to me I try and do this walk as often as possible and I'm remembering back on doing it last year Um, and it's quite a weirdly emotional kind of place in a way I saw a couple uh, um, proposing, is that how you say it? One was proposing to the other. Which language do I speak again? That was very sweet. Um, lots of performers do this walk, and um, I think there's something about walking to the top of Arthur's seat that kind of correlates quite nicely with a lot of the reason that people are here trying to um, make it, I guess. Lots of ambition and creativity in the air. Uh, it's a great atmosphere. I thought this would be the perfect place to introduce today's episode, uh, which is a great one. Um, you're going to hear from Dane Baptiste, star of uh, Bamus, um, Sunny D, Live at the Apollo, and numerous other things. He's a great guy, super funny. Worked with Idris Elba and loads of other people as well. I think you're going to enjoy the episode. If you like it, do follow us on socials at Part Date Podcast. Um, if you want to follow my silliness, it's uh, at Christopher Beanland Comedy on Instagram and at Christopher Beanland on TikTok. Yes, it is so. Um, I've started doing stand-up as well, so if you want to come and see me flop, feel free. Enjoy this episode. Thanks, people. Stay safe. Okay, welcome to Princess Street Gardens. 
in Edinburgh. I'm here with Dane Baptiste. Dane, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you very much, Chris. How are you? I'm good, yeah. How are you enjoying Edinburgh so far? It's crazy, you know isn't it? It's wild. It's, it's wild because I've got here halfway through, so I'm doing half the run. Yeah. So it's been like kind of arriving at like a party late where everyone's already drunk and like drugged up. <laughs> so it's kind of been trying to get on everyone's level. But um, yeah, it's been good so far, man. I'm doing um, kind of like it's much more of an independent show. I'm doing Free Fringe and uh, yeah. it's been fun, man. I think it's just been a lot less pressure. Just yeah. uh, good crowd so far. And yeah. um yeah, having fun, man, which I think should be the main part of it. It should be about having fun. And I think, for me, I, I always arrive I always arrive late. I arrive to a party halfway through. I think nice. that's the... I think that's should the, be late. Exactly. You don't want to arrive at, like, 6pm when there's, like, nothing happening. You want exactly. to roll in at 11, I've been that like, guy. Hey. Exactly. I've been that guy. My parents used to have a curfew, so I have to be... The Sometimes I get so early, you got to help the DJ with the records and shit. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been nice uh, coming fashionably late. And I've also, um, you know, I've had a... Uh, pretty good career where Edinburgh and comedy is concerned yeah. so I've, there's not that I need to prove anything kind of thing it's just yeah just do the comedy have fun with it so yeah, yeah. I'm just taking it easy at this point in my I, career that must be a good position to be in as well because so many people are here they're like look at me I'm like gonna, yeah, I'm trying to be a absolutely. contender but yeah obviously people know you from all the stuff that you've done let's take yeah. a walk anyway though we'll talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. we'll talk about that but yeah obviously people know you from all the great TV stuff you've done um, you know, Bamus and Sunny D and all those things. Yeah, yeah. People must um, must love that stuff. We, we were just mentioning as well, weren't we, before we were chatting about your YouTube show? Yes. Which is coming up as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to us about that. What's the what's the idea behind that? Is that sort of following on from what you've done before? Or are you? Yeah. Well, try well, new well stuff? basically, what happened was that um, I have not been at the Fringe for like five years. Yeah. The way that kind of transpired was my last show was in 2017. I toured that, then had the year off in 2019. 2020 I start my new show The Chocolate Chip yeah. which is a show where I'm discussing like the complex of anger and like race relations and you know how you know discrimination makes people angry and it's still very valid because we live in a time where people will say keep calm and carry on yeah. and I definitely wanted to rebel against that narrative and be like no we've got a lot to worry about as a community Absolutely. and um, so I started doing a show like in 2020 and began doing a few shows in London and then I did a run in like Soho Theatre and it was like the Monday after that weekend we locked down so then we locked down for so time. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the show didn't make it to Edinburgh that year. And then obviously afterwards, like, it took a while for Edinburgh to come back to be where it is now. Yeah. So I basically uh, ended up uh, just releasing it on YouTube. Yeah. Because I just wanted to... And also, I guess, you know, the way over that time in the last couple of years, like, uh, social and digital media has taken a big part of comedy and it's been able to break new acts. And I just wanted to make sure that I was, uh, yeah, yeah, in the game as well. And, and this, yeah continuing to try and introduce myself to a new audience as well as doing a lot of international travel but um, yeah I think because I couldn't make it to Edinburgh I just wanted to have a show that would still have the eyes of the world on it yeah definitely I think the thing Dane with those kind of things as well is you can just go and do it right yeah like you've done stuff with BBC I know people that have done that and people who've pitched loads of things there and it's quite a convoluted process isn't it yeah, yeah. like sometimes you just want to go and make something and this put it, it out there and that's something it, you can it, do exactly with, like. yeah and I, and I think that's it's definitely that definitely uh, underpins how the industry has changed where there's a lot of direct to customer things that take yeah. place now you've got the introduction of paywalls and I've seen how beneficial it is for a lot of comedians who have been able to just also reach an untapped market not everyone's able to come to like arts festivals not everyone has the resources to do so absolutely um, a lot of people I think uh, as TV's uh, relevance is beginning to wane as well people are finding new ways to kind of display their artistry and stuff as well so I think it's really important but I think like you said the main thing is that it's like you can just 
produce an aesthetic that is unfiltered, uncensored, and your most rawest and honest version yeah. of self without any edits from any exterior uh, parties. And just let the people decide if they want it or not. So I think it's a good place to be in where we can just exactly. go straight to customers with our ideas and get a true measure for how people are receiving it. Yeah, and how nice is it to have that creative control to be able to say, okay, this is the way I want it to be? Because whatever kind of art form you're doing, there's always this kind of, yeah, people saying, oh, do you want to do it this way? Do you want to change this? Yeah, or we definitely. like this, but actually yeah being able to say okay this is the way i want to have it yeah that's like a, a great thing to be able to do right? it's a big part of my experience like i think for me i've had quite a unique journey compared to other comics because you know i struggled in terms of like getting representation so i was i had to kind of co-found my own agency which was a utc right. at the time yeah, yeah. so i essentially uh, went to my uh, manager and was like well this is what i want to do with my career and yeah, if you want to be a part that's cool she was like fine and then that ended up her quitting her normal job to manage me full time so that was a big part of me holding on to creative control and trying to realise my potential with my own voice yeah. in the same way that like you know, where I struggled to be getting any acting work I ended up writing my own sitcom in the form of Sunny D and then yeah. again with an entertainment show with like Famous so I guess for me it's always been like I've always wanted to do things my own way and uh, hold on to that creative control so this again is just another natural progression for me and I think it's like a it's a natural fit man just to yeah. do it how I want to do it and I think you know it's it's been good man I think it's definitely led to a change in the landscape of uh, yeah. Edinburgh as well in terms of the acts that come out here now to try and uh, yeah realise their potential as well yeah and that's that's the kind of thing people use it as a springboard don't they but yeah I think you know a lot of people are here and their dreams are to get a TV show yeah. or to make a movie you've done that which is really really cool really impressive um, obviously you've got to deal with the, the kind of um uh, cogs, the cogs of the machine, yeah. and I love the bit uh, in Famous where you're there with the BBC execs. <laughs> yeah. Is that based on like, personal experience? It's, it's, like... it's, it's very, it's very similar, and I think, and I think it's definitely experience for a lot of people where it's not always the thing where you see people like having to very aggressively fight to hold on your yeah. creative control. What you find is there's a lot of stakeholders that will try and imprint their yeah. uh, ideas on, onto yours. And you have to find very deft ways of being able to kind of navigate that yeah. and almost like make it like it's their idea. But I, I definitely um, made a point to kind of satirize that whole process yeah. and see, so people can really see what funny. it's like. And I know it's, really it's, it's not a unique experience to me, but <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, there's, there's, I think it's interesting for people to understand the difference when you transition from show into show business yeah. um, because it's not as straightforward as you'd like it to be. Just to avoid some... Quite menacing looking seagulls there. Yeah, they, they're flying dinosaurs, man. People don't understand that. They're, you're looking at dinosaurs. They're massive, aren't yeah, they? and they have the, they have the attitude of dinosaurs. And yeah. trust me, when I tell you, if they could, a seagull would take your baby. They definitely <laughs> would. Once down there, look like they're about to. The last time I was in Scotland, I remember seeing one like looking at a container yeah. from like a kebab shop or something. Put his, put his beak right through the styrofoam. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, Only in they, Scotland. Yeah, they don't play. They I, don't I play. love that. I love those videos where it shows like a seagull going into a Tesco's and it like steals a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, a cost of living crisis and it's affecting all of us. So affecting all I'm of in, us. I'm in no opinion to judge any seagull. <laughs> I don't know. Seagull. And if I did, I wouldn't say it to their faces because I know what they're like. <laughs> they're going for the eyes. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to watch out for them. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you just you just arrived in Edinburgh. You're looking forward to looking forward to doing the run here. Um, when you know when you when you're doing like live live comedy yeah day what are your what the sort of you know if, you, if you're going to talk to like a newcomer or something but people are always asking you for tips and things aren't yeah, they Do yeah yeah what, what sort of what's your sort of sage advice to newcomers on the um, on the stand-up circuit how do you like 
encourage people? Give um, some advice. I think for me, I always try to encourage new acts to um, maximise the time they have on stage. I think yeah. a lot of the time people see more experienced acts maybe having a drink on stage and maybe taking time as they're kind of being a raconteur. Yeah. But I think the key is for you to use the time you have as much as possible because it's a limited time and you want to be able to display as much of your best self as you can. Mm. So that would be my advice. The other one would be just be yourself, I think. It yeah. sounds like cliche advice, but you know, comedy at a, especially at an introductory level, is massively saturated. And yeah. the only way you can really distinguish yourself from other people is to tell your own personal story rather than yeah. telling the story you think people want to hear. I think a lot yeah. of the time people feel guilty of thinking they have to conform to some of the gimmicks they see or whatever they think is in vogue. Yeah. And that might work on a short-term basis, but if you're really just thinking about longevity in your career, the only thing that's going to be a constant in your life is that you are yourself. And so yeah. I'd say stick to that as well. And um, yeah, 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 that's okay. That's okay. We'll go back. We'll find another. We'll find another place. <laughs> We're just talking, talking to some tourists. Find a bench. We'll find a place. But yeah, so finding a voice. That's like, like, or basic, basically expressing your own voice, right? Yeah, definitely. Tell, so definitely your telling voice. your own story. I think for most comedians, anyway, like the uh, mindset that kind of precipitates becoming a comedian is that you've had very unique experiences, and yeah. the comedy part is finding a way to rationalise that experience. And yeah. so. You shouldn't lose that when you get involved in comedy. It's like, yeah, tell your very own unique story because odds are they are definitely you'll find an audience that can identify yeah. what you're saying. And, and yeah, everyone everyone will have their own comedy tribe. Yeah, you talk a bit about what you've done before as well, don't you, Dave? Because you had another life. You were doing other jobs and stuff before yeah. you came to comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the kind of uh, I was going to say nail in the coffin, but that's that's the wrong like image. Yeah, just no, it's one way of looking at it. For the old corporate yeah, thing, yeah, 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 there was a nail in the coffin. Well, what was yeah. the, what, what was the kind of you were saying it was around COVID, right? When you were like, I think I think it was part of it, but I think for me, like the thing that made me want to be really make the transition into stand-up comedy is uh, a few things. I think one of them was the uh, 2008 the, the credit crunch. Oh, the credit crunch, yeah. Because that was Not always my thing, too. where I was like, you know, I'd love to be a creative, but I know he doesn't really pay the bills. Yeah. And that was kind of an eye-opener, where I was like, well, nothing in this world is guaranteed, and even people that have worked their whole lives may not have a pension at the end of it, which is very unjust. And so I was, I was like, well. At the very least, you can give it a go because you know there's no guarantees even if you stick to a normal yeah. nine-to-five. Um, I remember reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and a lot of his early experiences. I was like, how can I identify with that? We're just uh, having a uh, non-conventional look, outlook on the world and stuff as well and obviously yeah. seeing the world for what it is. And, um, yeah, I, don't, I know. I think one of the other main things was my dad. Um, so my dad had worked for Ford Plant and he'd been working... Every day of his life, yeah, he had perfect attendance. In Dagenham? Yeah. He was my mum used to work for that. Yeah, he goes, yeah. So he used, to work, he used to work there, and um, he got a... a uh, he had perfect attendance. Yeah. And I remember he got a clock. And I remember thinking, I don't think he needs a clock. I think he's pretty good with the punctuality as it is, clearly. They gave him a clock for, like, yeah, how many years was that? Like, 50 yeah. years or something? And when you think about the man hours and how much he's put in, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a car would be nice. A car, Fucking right. hell, a discount. <laughs> That's rich, what you make. Original Model T. Yeah, or, or, or at least like a maybe an upgrade to the car he has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, looking at that, I was like, well, you know, there's no guarantee that well, what you do will be uh, remunerated. And so I was just like, do you know what? It was almost like I kind of had the idea that there are some things in life that we place importance on yeah. that you can't take too seriously. And I think like working for somebody else is one of them. Yeah. And even today, like I still maintain that. I feel like I'm not. I'm not under the pretentious idea that as a comic my life or what I do is more important than someone who is a nurse or a doctor or a teacher but I'm definitely uh, 
sensitive to the fact that even those uh, professions are not getting the respect they deserve right now. So I definitely, it inspired me to do something I wanted to do for love, but mm. also to definitely encourage that amongst people as well. And say, and again, I say there's things that you can't necessarily take too seriously because yeah. to the average person with a menial job who works hard every day, like I think on a moral basis, that should be somewhat rewarding, at least be able to take care of your family. But you know, living in London, some people won't even have access to housing, healthcare, and yeah, I just think these are essential things. I think even if you are someone who considers themselves to be a uh, libertarian or believe in free market capitalism, that's fine. But then surely you understand that tax money bailing out banks mm. or tax money bailing out like other businesses during the pandemic is not really fair unless we're going to be shareholders ourselves as yeah. taxpayers. And so, you know, I'm not adverse to commerce, but I think there's a lot of things that can be done to empower people that allow the people that drive commerce and drive the, the way the world works. And so... That's a big part of my platform. Yeah, and you know, being a, a comic, a comedian, you have then that public platform. Exactly, You yeah. can say things. And one of the things that I think is really great and important about comedy, I mean, I, I did like politics at uni. I was yeah, always yeah. interested in that stuff. And I thought that comedy is kind of, if this makes sense, like a way to to make people listen in a way, right? It's the, it's, you, it's, sh absolutely. you sugar the pill. It's so absolutely. like, okay, this isn't going to be boring. I'm going to yeah, make yeah. it fun. But I'm also going to tell you... It's pure politics. Com comedy is the most purest form yeah. of politics. I think it's one of the, it's, it has the advantage, A, because in the same way that politics does, you can communicate ideology. I think you just do it in an honest way. I think I've always... To explain the difference between stand-up comedy and politics is that uh, politics is telling people what they want to hear, whereas comedy is telling people what you think. Yeah. And you will work out whether or not they want to hear it. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. they don't. But it's, it's the truth, and that needs to be said. Yeah. I think that um, comedy can be much more effective than politics in terms of galvanizing people uh, sometimes polarizing them but overall even when you polarize them you can still create a uh, discourse where people can see the other point because yeah. I can talk about things that people might be like it's ridiculous he said that shit but <laughs> I respect the fact that he said it yeah. and um, that's why I think comedy is so important I think even things down to like sitcoms sitcoms give uh, different demographics insight into the lifestyles of other people they wouldn't normally see and I think when human beings can find that commonality between us that can allow for a lot more harmonious existence. I think politics can be a lot more destructive in terms of serving to divide people. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that comedy can exist as like the uh, the opposite uh, force for that. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that comedy is definitely the most honest form of politics. I think it definitely allows, and also I think that it allows people who aren't as politically astute to participate in discourse. Um, along, even though we consider ourselves to be a democracy, I think that there is definitely a financial aspect to being able to participate in politics, whether it's if you want to be a part of political assembly and a part of yourself, that requires money. Campaigning is also an expensive exercise. Um, and I think if you look at the socioeconomic background of most people involved in politics, it, it's a very uh, small group of people that are allowed to participate. Whereas yeah. comedy allows for the same kind of discourses to talk about the state of society and ideology and how you see things, but allows for a lot more people who may not have the same tools and resources to participate in politics to have that conversation yeah exactly have the conversation yeah. and then you also get that I guess you get that feeling you know when you're in a room a comedy room you're kind of all there together yeah so you, there's that communal aspect as well we mm -hmm. kind of live in a society which feels like it's sort of becoming more um, I don't know what the word is but like like, like we're becoming less communal aren't we we're, we're oh, quite well, a lot more individualised divided. Yeah, yeah. more divided in, yeah, individualism a is a big part of it yeah. and it, which is it's a strange thing because like obviously 
populism has also come to the fore as an ideology nowadays where I guess we are so used to the individualism that we are more sensitive to what speaks to just us rather than yeah. thinking about what is good for us as a group exactly. and uh, there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of that I suppose human insecurity that we have that um, we have uh, the whole question about what about me has been uh, very much manipulated and, and so it's it's caused a massive amount of division I think around a lot of people and um, yeah it's concerning man I think I think it's uh, I think that alongside kind of the state of economics right now is definitely stunting the ability of art to be able to unite people yeah and I think that uh, it's made it so now artists who especially in terms of comics and people that speak about their ideas have had to become a lot more aware of how defensive people are because of populism Whereas in, historically, as I said, people might be able to say stuff you don't agree with, but you might be like, well, I respect your right to say it. Whereas yeah. now people are a lot less likely to indulge other people that offend their sensibilities. And that can make this... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot harder than it used to be. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point. It's a really interesting point. Yeah, I think you can see those changes kind of, kind of happening, can't you? Yeah. Uh, but before you could just say to somebody, "Ah, you're crazy!" Ha 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 ha. Whereas now you're like, "Well, I don't believe what you're saying, and I'm entitled to my opinion, and you've offended me." Before, like you like, you could be like, "I like chips," and people are like, "Oh, so you got a problem with hash browns?" And this is kind of where we are now. Whereas just yeah. the, being able to have the larger discussion about potatoes overall. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, to make it as simple as I can. <laughs> wrong, wrong country for that, but here you go, I'm going. <laughs> on that subject, Dave, one of my favourite bits that you do, which keeps on recurring, is about licorice. Yeah. You always down on licorice. Have you ever had, have you ever had a heckle at gig where someone's like, 
Actually, I really love it. A few people have been like, I like licorice. Someone was like, I like salted licorice. I was like, what? Like, like what, was your, what was your diet before? Like straight cigarettes? Like what else could... You, I mean, yeah. And that's the, that's the point as well, is that like, I think for me, it's a nice test because nowadays people are kind of like, if you say you like something, it's like you hate everything else. And that is not how the human humans work. Like, I think a lot of that has come from the proliferation of AI. Which right. thinks in very binary terms because that's the language that yeah. computers speak in is zero and one. Yeah, so yeah. if you say I like, then people now, because they have learned to try and tailor their discourse along the lines of AI, if I say I'll, I don't like licorice, it's like people will be offended and be like, well, I like licorice, so we can't like each other. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not my dislike of licorice, it's not a condemnation of you, really. But um, yeah, at the same time, I think I use stuff like that because I think it's important for people to have these discussions. And think that even though we don't like the same things, we can still get along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it is disgusting. Like, there's no reason why that me- why it should even exist. Like, have you had dolly mixtures? How sh- it's the shittest one of them all. It's, the worst it's so one. bad. It's like someone put crude oil into a packet of sweets. Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> Terrible. I, don't, I won't move on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was in Scandinavia recently, and they really love their. Li- they really they do, love but they don't get a lot of sunlight, so they, they're going to take anything they can. Uh, to someone who lives in a place without a lot of sunlight, like. That's a sugar boost for you. Yeah. But I grew up in a post-Haribo world, and so more <laughs> options are available to me, you know? Exactly. exactly you know. <laughs> when you were thinking about uh, what you were going to say on off, off menu, were you like, licorice? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Maybe if someone's like, would you like to wipe your bum after your meal, sir? Well, yeah, give me some licorice, baby. That'll do, that'll do just fine. I could, I'll bite my bum with licorice. I don't know if that's a compromise that people are fine with, but I feel like that's some kind of progress. Is, is there anything... Is there anything you hate almost as much as licorice? Licorice is your, your like, number one. Um, <laughs> I don't like peanuts. Do you not? I no, love I, peanuts. I, I mean, I don't think I'm, like, throat closing, yeah. but I'm more tingling allergic. Right, right. But, yeah, it's all, it's, it's, yeah, I don't really like it. Also, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm not great on dairy. Yeah. Like, there's something about, like, the first time I saw a blancmange, I was like, that is an abomination. <laughs> yeah. And someone was like, it's half jelly and half custard. I was like, that sounds dis- that sounds terrible. What even is That's like a trifle. My it granny is. used to make a trifle. That's what I mean. And your it's granny actually- came from a different time where you couldn't pause television and you didn't know if you were going to live or die during the blitz. And women and women were expected to stay in the kitchen. It was much harder times when yeah. something like blancmange seemed like a treat. Right. But we've moved along since what, then. Yeah, what are those things? I always think like a blancmange or a trifle. It's like something Henry VIII would eat, isn't it? It's like, there you go. Why have we still got right. that? And he was like, he was barely able to walk and he created a whole new church so he could leave his wife. You you know, you've got to take the context of these people when they come up with these ideas. Yeah, exactly. And probably That's directly, probably related to consuming yeah. the Monge or Trifle. It I really is. But it, there was a time where, you know, gin was safer than water. And that's the same time when people were like, do you know what? I'd have a gelatinous piece of custard. That sounds like a good idea. Someone saw the skin on like a bowl of milk and was like, that should be a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the thing, you know. But that's that's the way the, the kind of the world has moved on. But, you know, yeah. people, but again, you have to allow for people to have their preferences, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for all of the sweets I enjoy, there's people out here that like licorice. And I guess it's more good sweets for me. That's yeah, why I see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you like your food, though, don't you? I do oh, too. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like food, yeah, food's quite a big... Food is a big thing for me now. Yeah. Like, I definitely am more concerned with my appetite than my sexual appetite. Like, <laughs> when I was in my <laughs> 20s and my friends... Like, <laughs> we just saw your partner. So we're talking, well, oh correct. yeah, but she well, she knows she knows. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> Listen, she understands the way to a man's heart is to his stomach, or the way to any person's heart is through yeah. their stomach. It's hard to fall in love when you're starving. Yeah, true. Um, true. But I think uh, that like, yeah, I think food is definitely something to people can enjoy, and and I think that it's um, food is a very communal thing. 
Yeah. I think it's a way that, again, in the same way that comedy is able to bring people together, I think food, yeah, uh, food has the same same yeah. effect. That like, um, I'm always somebody that if I go to a restaurant. I definitely prefer going to restaurants where I can have a lot of sharing plates and stuff as well so that you can share the dining experience rather than having a plate to myself because I feel like I can just do that at home. That's a nice thing to do, isn't it? Some, yeah, people, yeah. some people are very funny about that. They're like, I don't want to share. Like, I think it's nice to, That's the it? thing with English people. See, like in e- the EU, Spanish have tapas. The French have hors d'oeuvres. Italians have antipasti. That's why they're part of the EU. Because we don't have those kind of sharing plates, <laughs> right. that's why we Brexited. If we had a kind of sharing thing, Outside That's of a, a buffet, yeah. maybe things would be a bit different. Maybe things would be different. Yeah, we just want our pie, pie and chips on a plate. This is it. It's just too individualistic. Yeah, we need exactly. to be more, we need more community things. Other than soup and gruel, British people, <laughs> we got to move on from these. That's actually what I'm stuff. having for my dinner later. Super, super gruel. All well, up here, yeah. You you'll probably get a good gruel here. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland will do a good gruel. Are you a good cook, Dave? I feel like I'm a good cook, but I feel like I make, I try and make stuff that I like. Yeah. So I probably have to learn to expand my repertoire a bit. But um, what's your like go-to? What's your like? Um, I have a few dishes. I like. Uh, I make my mom. I try to make my mom's meal of brown stew chicken, which is like it's shallow fried chicken that's like caramelized. Yeah. And then it's put in like a thin like stew, almost like a roux, and it's got like vegetables in it and stuff. And then it's just so it's like slow cooked, so like the meat comes off the bone. And then, yeah, just add, like, some rice and some vegetables, and that's I really enjoy that. Try to do my best to make that as well. Um, I have a dish that my partner told me about, which is uh, it's linguine with uh, prawns and chilli, and then it's, like, got garlic with a uh, squeeze with lemon and stuff, which is really good. Sounds great. Nice to put together nice as well. Simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice, but it's really nice yeah. as well. Um, yeah, a few stir-fries here and there as well, like making fried rice. But, yeah, I just try to make things that I enjoy and stuff and see how I can make it as well. Um... But yeah, I just I don't know what I'd say my one speciality is. I just do like a number of different things. But yeah, um, yeah I'd say it's probably like also fried chicken. I mean, I love it. Fried chicken, I love it. Classic. And don't yeah. worry, listeners, I do both Caribbean and Korean style. <laughs> just to, you know, different ways to do, do it. Do you put it in buttermilk first? I don't do buttermilk as often because of the lactose. But oh yeah, of course. Every now and again, yeah. I might do it. I, I'll, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can either do sometimes I'll do like my own coating. Mm-hmm. But then what I also do as well sometimes is you can do like a twice fry and do it with like corn flour and stuff as well so it just gets that extra crunch. Yeah. Um, some people do it with cornflakes. You're bad people and you need to stop. Why would you do that? Right? That's a very strange choice. It's a very strange it? thing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's cutting corners, I say. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, those are, two, those are two meals at opposite ends of the dining spectrum and you just need to let them be separate already. Yeah. Like, I said nothing when they came for my chocolate and made that into cornflakes. <laughs> As a child, when they'd be like, "This is a dessert," and I'd be like, "It really isn't. Yeah. It really is not." If I wanted chocolate in my cereal, I'd have fucking cocoa pops. Did you, Did you ever in school have to make those like cornflake cakes? Yeah, they were like the simplest thing that not even a five year old could exactly. mess up. I remember making. And I, those. I, I, I said, abstain from that. I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing the recorder. I'm not doing everything <laughs> everything else does. Yeah, do I was like, I'm not doing that. You'd be in trouble, Dame. That's fine. How many famous recorder players do you know now? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have to do that? The recorder is probably the worst musical instrument, isn't it? It's the way. I mean, I, mean, I could play Frere Jacques on it or something. I, I believe you definitely it. could. It was I, awful. Like. I mean, but it's because you want to learn the guitar or something, don't you? Right. I, I think with the recorder, I think it's just the sound of it. I think no one's ever like, oh, that's a, that's some good recording right there. <laughs> it's, it's one of these. I think it's one of these things where it's very hard for you to determine if someone is playing it well. Yeah. Like, bugpipes are the same. Yeah. I, I like. It's very risky saying this, but I maintain it. It's like I don't know the difference between like a good way of someone playing the bagpipes or a bad way, because normally 
Hold Back. on, is that the, I think that's the police. Yeah, sorry, yeah. It's all right. Who getting arrested for that? Yeah, I can, I can see it, but I think it's one of these things where unless you are a real connoisseur, yeah. you can't really tell if you're someone's yeah. doing a good job or a bad job. Yeah, and so. there's, there's quite a lot of random, I don't know if you've seen it, there's quite a lot of random bagpipe players. But you can probably hear in the background as well, there's like some people drumming. You kind of hear these like weird like musical interludes yeah, when you go. Trying to, people trying to drown out the bagpipes, I think. This one, yeah. yeah. This one, like, <laughs> Fifty bagpipe players. <laughs> yeah. The drummers are like, let's try and make, sure, about make sure you can't hear them. them. But no, I think I mean uh, that's the that's the. Uh, Can you play anything then? Um, instrumentally, not really. You know, you know, I am. Um, I, I think, I, think I, I love music. I can't play anything. That's all right. I think I think sometimes it's, it's good to know the difference between being a music fan and being a musician yeah. because. Like I remember, like when in the early noughties, when uh, you had like the, the music production programs, like uh, Fruity Loops and Logic. Like a lot of people became uh, like yeah. inspired. Everyone's like, yeah, exactly. yeah everyone's like, yeah, I, do, I make beats in my room, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. And yeah. I think with comedians, it's like there's a part of comedians where it's like they aspire to be like rock stars, and I definitely have that sensibility in that. Like I do try to show the same diligence to craft the material as I would if I was like a rapper or something, and yeah. that having distinct lyrics and. Um, subverting language and trying to like play with like the language and stuff to create like new ways of approaching jokes and stuff yeah. and also come up with new terms to add to the vernacular yeah. um, but like I, I think I like to just be a healthy spectator and fan of music like I love listening to like music based podcasts like one of my favorite podcasts is Drink Champs because like you know listening to 90s hip hop and stuff like hearing like the expanse of their careers and what yeah. was behind the influence of some of that art I'm definitely a fan of that so I think for me it's like I'm, I'm as happy enjoying music and seeing how it's done and uh, waiting to see what it does as an art form next. Yeah. And then, yeah. But, the use, but it's always a good inspiration to help me like work on comedy and stuff as well. So yeah. I definitely treat comedy and like, uh, like music and I want at the end of my career as it exists, I want to have a very healthy body of work and yeah. a very good discography and yeah, just have a real big impact on, on the art form as well in the same way that musicians endeavor to do so as well. Yeah, and sometimes you have to concentrate on one thing um, some people think they can do it all and now I'm thinking about and this is reminding me of something I wanted to talk about as well I'm thinking about someone like Idris Elba who can oh, do yeah. all these different things and I love that sketch watch that show where um, it, it, the, the sketch is like I'm Idris Elba oh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. it's like DJ yeah. producer oh, actor God, everything. Yeah, and yeah. then he goes to there's one where he goes to like a cancer lab and the guy's like, <laughs> he's like he's like I'm trying to cure cancer and he just goes try it <laughs> he's like move over I'll try work out cure for cancer yeah, yeah you, he, you, do he get, just, you do get the odd polymath and I, I yeah. think yeah it's a great thing and it's not I don't think that uh, I'm ad, I'm adverse to music I just want to work out what my correct place is in it and I want to exactly. do it very well exactly. so even if that involves just executive producing a good musician and giving yeah. them the chance like I would relish in that opportunity yeah, yeah, man yeah, yeah. or even if I was like presenting like a music show and just curating good music to present on the show, like I'd be massively into that as well. I guess the way I have the outlet to have a connection to music is that um, having a podcast where I can uh, get on musicians that I looked up to and stuff like that as well. And um, yeah, I, I, like even some of the people I've met along the journey have been massively complimentary. Like, like Dizzy Rascal's been complimentary about music stuff like that as well. And this is someone who definitely changed my life in terms of making a, a creative career something that was a lot more tangible and achievable. Yeah. Um, like I've. Wiley has also followed me for years and stuff as well. That's cool. um, yeah. Jumping Jack Frost, who was the also known as Leviticus, but he was a jungle producer as well. So he followed me. Rodney P as well have always been massively complimentary. And so for me, it's like yeah, just having that, that connection where yeah. musicians recognise my art as well is just about enough. Have you ever opened up for a, 
for a musician, would you uh, ever say so, sometimes comedians do that? Don't I they? definitely would. Yeah. I, whenever if someone gives me the opportunity, I would have to do that. I would have fucking loved to do yeah. that shit, man. I definitely would. But um, until that time, he did invite me to the 20th anniversary of Boy in the Corner, and I was like. And I'm fine dropping Whoa. those names. I am fine dropping those it's names. It's not 20 years since Boy in the Corner. I know, that right? That can't be possible. I know, yeah, that it can't is. be possible. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but I mean, it's um, amazing to see how far that art form has gone as well. And it yeah. and generally inspired me to be like, I hope I can be as a positive an influence on comedy as uh, someone like Dizzy Rascal has been to grime and to British music in general. So, yeah. I guess in terms of uh, the musician thing, I I, I want to be like the equivalent there and be the innovator and help to change the landscape of comedy and influence a new generation of comedians. And yeah. uh, uh, I feel like I'm I'm definitely on the right path. And uh, a lot of the younger comics that are coming up now, or newer comics, are being massively complimentary, man. And it's it's a massively yeah. uh, amazing and humbling experience. People to be like, yeah, I remember watching you growing up as well. So yeah, yeah that's sick. cool, man. Yeah, if you can influence people and also what, like I, I love the idea of like working with people. I think that's always such a good oh, thing. Definitely. Uh, but go back to Idris. Have you have you written stuff for Idris? Right? Yeah. So I met Idris Elba in 2018, yeah. and um, I wrote his uh, material for the FIFA Awards. Right. So because among the many things that the amazing polymath that Idris Elba is, yep. the, he um, was presenting the FIFA Awards, and so yeah, we got to meet up and uh, speak to him. And uh, annoyingly, he's a really good person. <laughs> Isn't he lovely? Yeah, he really I've is. Met, I've met him. So I met him once when he was launching his wine brand. Oh yeah, so and he was up. like, "Well, yeah, I'm just gonna start a champagne house." Might as well. Yeah, lovely Might guy. Well. Lovely he really guy. He is yeah. a lovely guy. Actually, um, and he is actually good childhood friends with a comic, uh, Quincy. So him and Quincy go way back as well, man. Yeah. So Quincy's uh, also introduced me to him as well. But um, yeah, working with him on the FIFA Awards again, it was an, uh, an amazing thing. And yeah, uh, yeah it was um, amazing but awkward because once my family met, found, found out, some of the comments in the family WhatsApp group were very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were. Very inappropriate. I bet they were. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's stroll back yeah, and then yeah. we'll, finish, we'll finish up. And oh. um, just tell us... Tell us a little bit, Dane, about what uh, what else you've got planned for the future. Obviously, the YouTube uh, YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the YouTube specials, uh, the chocolate chip, which is out now, was uh, yeah. So, looking for people, more people to see that. Chocolate it's doing chip, quite well yeah. so far. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the show Bab Squire that I'm doing at the Fringe now. I'm hoping to tour in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, will be relaunching my podcast, Dane Baptiste Questions, everything in September. So, we're just trying to elevate that into like a um, web series because you know it's been uh, about six years doing that podcast. And just the calibre of guests has been so good that we just want to make sure that it, um, the standard of the podcast also meets that as well. So, yeah, that's yeah. a very professional podcast. Unlike this podcast. Yeah. Double, you mean. Hey, man, this is a great podcast. <laughs> well, Listen, the idea is it. that it's an idea. Yeah. It's, it's about the nuance of your podcast. Like, what does professional mean? Mix it up like, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's the main <laughs> thing. And so for me, like, yeah, I, I the podcast for me was an extension of my comedy where it's like, there might be a limited time for me to kind of interrogate and dissect certain topics. So yeah. the podcast allows me to kind of expand on that. And as I said, it like allows me to kind of tap into other art forms and just see how that creative complex works and stuff as well. And uh, yeah, I've just been very fortunate to have some amazing people on the podcast. I said like, you know, people like Reggie Yates has been on the podcast. We've had uh, Jamelia, yeah. um, but even people like Dawn Butler, who's like the uh, Labour MP for Brent. Yeah. Ed Miliband has been a guest on the podcast and stuff as well. I was on Ed's podcast. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. Yeah. We were talking about swimming. Yeah, fun. Like swimming. Very charismatic man as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's, that's coming up as well. Um, and also, um, I'll be on The Weakest Link as well. 
Um, I'm uh, going to be on the Christmas edition. I can't give any, can't give any plot spoilers. But um, After we switched off, I'm going to ask you about that. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was it like being on Weakest Link? It was great, man. Obviously, uh, Romesh is presenting now. Romesh has been a great guy. Yeah. Okay, another comic like myself who um, definitely is a massive hip-hop nerd. Yeah. Um, but also great to work with him. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was on with that. Like, Alex Jones was on with me as well. Yeah. Um, who else was on? Uh, God, I can see all the faces in my head. Uh, well, no plot spoilers. I want guys to see it themselves. Yeah. But yeah, oh, lots were, of great people in there. Were you and Romesh um, sneaking like hip hop lyrics into the into the script or a few, a few a few plays on words and stuff like yeah. that as well? But I think it went over a few people's heads. But uh, <laughs> no, I had a really good time, man. So yeah. doing that as well. Um, and yeah, I think I'm just gonna be doing what I do best. I like to think is just doing some live gigs. I'm yeah. doing a lot of international travel, so I will be doing some shows in the Emirates in September. I'm in Sweden doing a tour in October. Ooh. Doing a few shows in Berlin. I'm, I'm surprised um, yeah. you said yes to Sweden, considering how much they like licorice. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone's again. It's an uncomfortable <laughs> conversation, but we got to have it, Chris. We got to talk to these people. Like that's what I mean. Like you know, I po- mean, politics I mean, will try and say diplomatically. I'll be like there, and I'll be like, "Hi, everyone. We, we need change. to talk about yeah. licorice. Change. Hi, Sweden. Change. Yeah. Yes, you're progressive. Yes, you're an inclusive society, but this has got to stop. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. <laughs> this is crazy. There's so much more for yourself. Look at what you guys can craft furniture. You can make a better confectionery than this. That's how I'm going to open and see how it goes. And I'm going to be like, one. and also, Eurovision, it's okay. Right. It's not great. No, I probably won't do that. I won't do that. But no, I'm, yeah, it's a lot of international travel. And, uh, but yeah, and also, but yeah, just continuing to um, do what I love and... Uh, Perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, and just uh, stay busy. Amazing, Dame Baptiste. Thank you so much for talking. I hope thank you've been, you for having I hope me. Man. You've enjoyed. I've had a great time today. and a good bit of cardio as well. So it's been yeah, great we've useful. been having a little walk around. Yeah, exactly. Great. Like Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Park Date. Um, there's lots more where that came from, and there'll be more in the future as well. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review. Um, good or bad make them funny I'll be reading out the best ones and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcast from check out our website parkdate.co.uk and um, if you see me walking around in the park come and say Hello. I think that was the sound of someone sneezing. Um, Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Coming up on the next edition of Park Date, we'll be in Scotland again, meeting the man whose house is made of pastry. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.